Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 4, Lisa the Beauty Queen, and throwing it over to Nick. Oh, well, if it isn't my old friend, Mr. McGreg, the man with a leg for an arm and an arm for a leg. <laughs> Oh. Nick, that was great. Uh, and as as someone who has a friend who's a nurse who's also named Nick, I I do love that character like an extra much. So uh, <laughs> who doesn't I, like Doctor Nick? I want to say that they somebody, whether it was it probably wasn't an animator, but somebody on the like the production team or something, they they literally just drew a guy who had an arm for a leg and a leg for an arm, and then somebody shoot showed it to somebody else. They're like, oh, we got to get that in an episode somehow. And then they were just sitting on it for a while, and then they were able to work it into, to uh, absolutely. It's not just yeah. you and I on this podcast, though, is it? We have a special no, guest. It is not. We have a very special guest joining us uh, for this episode. Somebody that we've uh, been hoping to get on for a long time, and now she's able to uh, join us. Uh, Karma Walton, and, and I, sh- I should say, Doctor Karma, shouldn't I? Yeah. Yes, because <laughs> that's yeah. what all the students say. Absolutely, <laughs> Doctor Karma. Yeah. And um, I would describe you as a Simpsons super fan, but I kind of feel like that's selling you a little bit short because uh, I've seen uh, pictures of you with your, your Simpsons collection. Your avatar on Twitter is a, a Simpsons themed drawing of yourself and mm-hmm. you have co-authored not one, but two Simpsons books. First off, Simpsons in the Classroom and Beginning, which I love that you put in the title, mm-hmm. the learning experience with the wisdom of Springfield and the Simpsons beloved Springfield essays on the TV series in town that are a part of us all, a part of us all. Yes, indeed. Um, so you are an absolute Simpsons fanatic and tell me, yeah. tell us a little bit about how you kind of got into the show and, and what it's kind of meant to your life in general. Well, I mean, I, uh, I was watching the Tracy Ullman show when these little yellow people appeared because I was just a big fan of, comedy and sketch and all that stuff um you know I I watched all the early comedy so I was there for Tracy Ullman and excited about it and then there was this little family and the very first little bumper where they're singing to Maggie and she imagines right visualizes the lyrics about Mm -hmm. the baby falling from the tree Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I had complained that that song is really violent actually <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like finally people who agree with me uh, so then when it got its own show I had the VCR all set up to record I'm sure you remember that uh, <laughs> like I am ready yeah. um and watch them all and watch them all and watch them all um and then when I was getting my master's and we had the opportunity to design a course of our own. And a, and a lot of people were doing pop culture courses. I knew that The Simpsons um, is what I needed to write about. And actually, my co-author of the two books, Denise DuVernay, uh, who was a year behind me in that program, when I left, um, she took over and reinvented that class. So we both taught classes on The Simpsons while we were getting our master's. Um, and kept writing about it. But um, yeah, I, I think super fan is still correct. Um, you know, I, I do still teach classes on it and stuff, but I think that there's a magic that comes when you write about something that you're geeky about because, you know, I'd been a fan my whole life, but when that first book came out, Denise and I started getting contacted by the people who worked on the show because they just thought it was so cool that not just that we taught about it, but that we wrote about teaching about it. And we got invited to the studio. No way. We've been down there a couple of times. And I think there's just this alchemy (laughs) that happens um, when, when you write when you're coming across in this professional way where, where you get turned from blood into gold, right? So you get turned from a super fan who might lick them, you know, into someone who can be around them without licking them. You know what I mean? Like it's safer to invite you down. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> sure, yeah. You're not, you're not going to be like, Oh, do you remember in season three, episode 13? And you're, you're yeah, you're not going to be starstruck. You're there as, um, <laughs> Almost, almost a peer of sorts, right? Like your yeah. your appreciation is, is is shown in a way that 
um, they, they respect it as well. It's a mutual respect type of thing. Right. right. I mean, it still feels weird. We were the first time, especially we were totally convinced that they were going to turn us away at the Fox gate and be like, what are you talking about? Someone is <laughs> pranking you. <laughs> How could that possibly be true? Um, that we were going to go down there. And I have asked totally annoying questions before, but, about things. but luckily, you know, once you make friends, um, they they entertain your annoying questions like uh the dear departed chris ledesma who we just lost um was the music editor was one of the guys who first invited us down to the show and uh after i'd been down there i asked chris um i i told him that i had noticed that there are like three different episodes in which they feature the song she wears short shorts Mm-hmm. including Homer the Heretic. Um, I was about to say, we just saw it, yeah. Um, and I said, and I happened to notice that that song appears in the, in the like three episodes they do, it's about soul searches. And I'm like, so is the Simpsons telling me to, to find greater spirituality? I need to wear less clothes? <laughs> And his um, answer. <laughs> well, he he was such a doll. He was such an amazing, sweet man. He actually, when he went to his next meeting with the writers and producers, uh, he recorded it for me. He asked them the question and he recorded them answering it, which started with, wait, oh my God, she's right. Wait, oh, it's awesome. Like, you know, like they hadn't, they hadn't noticed. Um, it's an at-par for them. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, holy shit, that's right. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, I was the one being like, did you notice this super nerdy thing? Um, so it's confirmed that it was completely coincidental um, as I assumed that it was going to be, but it was really fun um, being able to ask that question. Um, it's, it's always cool, right. When you can find out neat little tidbits like that, that you Mm -hmm. might've been like, you're not being, um, you know, you're, you're not grilling the monitor or anything like that. It's just a legitimate question of something that you noticed. And I had a bit of a moment with, I think I've shared this on the series before. Maybe I haven't Shane, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, I, I once asked, I was talking with, with Mike Reese online and I said to Mike Reese, I said, I've noticed that just just personally in the in the I guess what people call the golden age of the series there's a lot of well not a lot but I guess a lack of 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 care and that everybody if they you know have done something stupid and they deserve to be called out they get called out the Simpsons had they didn't hold back if 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 they wanted to make a joke about something or someone the joke was made Um, and I said as the show has gone on do you feel that your sense of humor and who you uh, call out or I guess you could say you know pick on for that week do you feel that that has changed over time as you've gotten older and he said 100% it has I never really thought about mm-hmm. it but as I've gotten older and you know become a, a father and and you know I have I have more life experiences with different things I kind of feel hesitant to make some jokes that I may have made back in say the early to mid 90s right so it's really kind of interesting to when you get to really ask somebody a genuine question about the overall dynamics of the show and get a and get a neat little answer like that um in return but i'm very curious because you said you were there right from the beginning right from those tracy allman shorts Mm -hmm. what was it about not even just like tracy allman and and into the first season what was it about the 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 writing style or the sense of humor um, whatever it may be that caught your attention and really made you pay attention to the show saying oh this is kind of interesting i like this well, I mean, it was humorous. It was satirical, uh, and and I'm a sucker for satire. But the family also strangely was more relatable than most of the ones on TV. Like mm-hmm. they watched television while they were having dinner, and that's what my family did. Right? Yeah, you know, exactly. We weren't sitting around the the table together, and their the parents made mistakes you know and yeah and and they were imperfect and they didn't always know how to talk to their kids in the right way um and that was really relatable and i i am a hundred percent lisa simpson um so i was and am that straight a student early feminist difficult thorn in (laughs) regular people's sides kind of person um 
and and I'm originally from the South too. And so to have that sort of sensibility while you're surrounded by more traditionally minded people uh, can be difficult. So I really related to her of feeling like a misfit in my family uh, for for being intellectual um, like I was. So do you have there, a favorite Lisa episode? Oh, I have so many favorite Lisa. There episodes. are yeah. There's a lot I mean, of good she, yeah. She's amazing. I, I, and I think that one of the things that the show does pretty well, which, which is hard with her is that there are still these, as much as she's sort of the conscience of the show, she's also an eight year old girl sometimes. And I think that's a really difficult thing for them to manage to do. Yeah. To maintain that, that kid mentality while also having uh, you know, a very, very high IQ and interesting questions and philosophies uh, on life. And and I think that that might be um, a little bit for all of us, uh, you know, diehards uh, like Shane and I and yourself, and that you can relate a little bit in, in some way or another. It could be to a general aspect of things like we saw in, in Homer the Heretic, the last episode where Shane, you were saying that episode really hit home for you because, uh, you know, you went to church every Sunday growing mm-hmm. up and, and that was um, kind of neat to see somebody who's saying, I'm stop going like you did in high school. Uh, I saw a bit of myself and Lisa as well in terms of the grades. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up, a I grew up a vegetarian. So the, the episode Lisa, the vegetarian that kind of hit home for me. I thought that was mm-hmm. really cool that an episode was done uh, about that. So there are always ways that you can kind of connect with the show. It might be crazy. It might have random explosions. It might have insane misdirections of course i'm listing my favorite things as we go along right here but there, there's still some way that 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 you can um connect with it and so mm-hmm. we uh here we're gonna go with uh, lisa the beauty queen here and um f- if you had to because we've we've seen kind of the roller coaster up and downs of the first um three plus now because we're in a season four karma what would you like if you can go back to this time do you can you transport yourself back into maybe the first time that you uh saw this episode whether it was in the fall of 1992 or shortly thereafter do you remember what you were any, well, any I, would have, you I would have been in high school mm-hmm. um in 1992 um and uh in drama and actually was it 90 or 92 hold on i have to I have to check something because I'm going to out myself about something here. Um, I was in a beauty pageant around that time. Um, oh, <laughs> in wow. 92. Super meta. I just All right. on the yeah. <laughs> this it's is not something I share very often. Um, no, one of my very best friends uh, wanted to do the Miss Teen Florida pageant. Um, she was hoping to get scholarship money um, and like, because <laughs> she was my best friend she sort of forced me to deal with her <laughs> uh, so, but it was not my scene uh, <laughs> I was just rolling my eyes the whole time <laughs> kind of thing um but despite my um uh, despite my poor attitude about much of it uh I got first in academics first in judges interview and first in talent wow um and it was just this, it was a very, very strange, uh, Plain very sweet. strange moment in my life. Um, so yes, coincidentally, <laughs> Lisa was doing beauty queen stuff the same time I did. Um, and so I was probably relating to her reluctance to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not way. like Lisa was very up for this episode too, right? Kind of forced yeah. into it. Yeah, by, she doesn't uh, want to do it. No, um, no. And, you know, ends up doing it and ends up doing better than, than she thought she did. Um, so definitely, um, definitely relatable with that. But I mean, there's just also, you know, the, I last saw this a, a couple years ago, but um, of course watched it when it first came out and several times in between. But what I think is, is really well done, if I'm remembering it right, is this relationship with her dad, you know, but also her relationship with Bart because I, and I think in the early episodes, especially whenever people around me were saying that this was a horrible show and like my grandmother saw one episode and said that they should take it off of television, that it's the worst thing ever, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) But, but if you were actually watching the show back then, this had family values out the wazoo. 
Oh, absolutely. Like, like they are so wholesome, really. <laughs> All of these, especially early shows. And the fact that Bart completely comes through for her. Yeah. When you it know, comes, when it comes really to, does. yeah, like showing how to, Lisa, how to walk in heels or yeah. something like that. Like he is, uh, throughout the first couple of seasons here, despite him, you know, being Bart, he's still a good big brother. Like yes. his whole feud in, in Bart the General with, with Nelson starts of over over him defending his sister. Yeah. And and the same thing you said with Homer too, the the father-daughter dynamic there where Homer he tries, he doesn't really get Lisa. He tries in a way to to foster a bond and to do good. Mm-hmm. And he, he, while sometimes he might screw up in trying, eventually he, he he kind of learns from his mistake in the end and and their their relationship grows stronger. Um mm-hmm. it's it's funny too that you even mentioned that uh like the the you were in a pageant and there was a pageant going on at this time and like it it's but it's crazy even like uh like I was mentioning about Mike and how um it wasn't Mike who came up with this idea for this episode but the fact that they did a pageant episode around this time because it was still kind of a a, a thing that was fairly social acceptable I'm not mm-hmm. sure what the differences between because we're up in near the Toronto area obviously versus southern southern U S but even nowadays the uh the the view i guess that some of the writers were saying we don't know if we do this episode because the view and the kind of overall um i guess image of child pageantry isn't mm-hmm. you know it's it's looked upon different look at it's always sunny it's always sunny did a whole episode mm-hmm. of frank was yeah. in, a, in a beauty pageant and his whole thing was he wanted to make sure that people knew that he wasn't a, a child molester that was the whole right. part of the episode so the dynamics totally changed or the movie uh little in the sunshine right that's right exactly exactly yeah Uh, i i think there has been a shift but i also think that you know part you know i i didn't know much about the child ones like mm -hmm. um and it was i i think i learned more from little miss sunshine about them than, than i had known uh before but um i think there was a time on television you know, back in the old, old, old days when we didn't have that many channels where when they would have the Miss America and the Miss Universe pageant, like, be, you know, that most people would watch that that's, that week. Right. Yeah, it was, it was and pretty now, big. Numbers. Yeah. now I have no idea if that even is still a thing. I mean, I assume it is, but it's just not, it's not anywhere near my mental landscape. I haven't seen anybody talking about it. That's true. Yeah, I, I I can't recall. I, I want to say maybe it got canceled or, or re repositioned in some like the format. I honestly don't know because it's not like you. You're right. Yeah. It's not in my radar of things. But it used to be even a talking point, right? Like I could mm-hmm. see, uh, or you you could picture in your head a a radio DJ late '90s, early 2000s talking about something like that because it was a talking point. But now it's just kind of definitely yeah. Instead of very, uh... So the Last of Us water cooler talk, maybe people back in the day were, you know, talking about the latest pageant at the water cooler. Yeah, right? say it all. Did you see Miss Louisiana or something like that? Who, yeah. who the heck knows? But so if if you had to give a rating just strictly based on nostalgic purposes about this one out of uh, out of ten, what would your your pre watch rating be? Oh, it would be pretty high, uh, especially because it just has one of my favorite moments of the nerds uh, trying to beat up the, the yes. players if oh, yes. i remember uh it was in this episode and then right and then you get that i think I, I, if i remember correctly right in the next scene that you get a glance at a paper where you see that they got the nerds actually completely got beat up from yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> i mean that's just a fantastic joke right there so i i think based on that and and my memories of just how great the relationships were i think i have to give this a nine Nine out of ten, very strong yeah. rating. I think I'm 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 in the same boat. Um, I'm not going to give it away. This episode, when we get to it, this has my all time favorite misdirection in a Simpsons episode. I think um, I know what you mean. Yeah. When I when I first saw this when I was a kid, and I my, I remember my dad loving it too. I I laughed so hard at this. This might have been one of those moments where you catch your breath, your eyes are watering so hard. <laughs> I love my nonsense misdirections and, and, and whatnot. They just, they, they get me every time. I love the overall storyline. Like you said, Karma, I love the Homer Lisa dynamic. And I hadn't really thought about the Bart Lisa one too, but it's also um, quite prevalent here. I'm going to go with a 9.2. Uh, 
And I, mm. and I think that this might be like Homer the Heretic. I think this might be an episode that gets bumped up even further. I have a feeling we are going to enjoy this one uh, very, very much. Shane, mm-hmm. close us out here for the pre-rating. What do you got? I'm right there with Karma. I'm going to go with a nine. and But my gut's telling me I'm going to bump that up after watching wow. it. Yeah. Um, and- this is a great episode. And honestly, going from Heretic to this, like what a good back-to-back. Usually it's like you get one good one, then the other one's kind of like, eh. Uh, this is like one, two punch. So looking forward right, to it for sure. Right. We do, as we record these in typically back to back fashion in, in two episode chunks, when we're doing this, what we've seen throughout pretty much con- consistently, eh, Shane, it's been a, oh, we got a really good one. And then, uh, you know, a bit, of a bit of a so-so it's not bad, but, um, it's maybe not up to the level of the previous or vice versa. So here we go. Let's dig in. You've got our ratings. Let's get to Lisa, the beauty queen. All right, here we go. Lisa the Beauty Queen came out October 15th, 1992. And uh, just a couple of days before this episode came out, uh, this album, unpronounceable title album, was released by this artist. Do either of you know who it is? The unpronounceable is, is the kind of the cool Unpronounceable? Mm. How so am I supposed to pronounce Prince? it? It was. It was Prince <laughs> with his... Uh, Love symbol thingy. Yeah, that was that was the album. Just the just artist formerly known as who then became the artist known as again, Prince, and then just Prince. Yeah. <laughs> came came full circle on that one. Yep. Uh, chuckboard gig for those listening was uh, I will not prescribe medication. Not bad. Oh, we get a long intro for this one. Yeah, just something about the original intro. It's funny, if there's one in between that has the short intro, it kind of breaks it up a bit. If it's over and over again, it kind of gets monotonous. I like that they run off at a frame there. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that was a cool couch gig. So far. Principal Skinner. Happiest place on earth is a registered Disneyland copyright. Well, gentlemen, it's just a small. That's not a problem anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Made a big mistake, Skinner. Well, so did you. You got an ex Green Beret mad. Copyright laws have gotten really strict, though. Yes. This is when Skinner was still kind of bad. <laughs> what a good gag. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't Mama Boy Skinner yet? This sucks. <laughs> Pick the red, get ahead. Pick the black, set your back. Hmm, I don't recall authorizing this booth. Goodbye, gentlemen. <gasps> get your haggis right here. Just <laughs> <laughs> as good as it sounds. Good for what health here. Hey. Our Scottish co-worker swears by haggis. Says it's delicious. Yeah, he did. He vouched for it pretty good. We did ask him about the haggis. I've had it. Any good? Is it any good? Um, it just, there's something about it culturally that creeps me out. It's like, like a blood pudding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do, I do love the visual too of Willie, how he's like, he's seemingly out, completely out in the middle of nowhere in the school grounds. And this, the scene here where Otto uh, cranks up the paralyzer and part of it flies into the school, that typically was an unsyndication. So it would come to Bart or the, the front of the school with the the cart from the ride stuck in the school. And I remember as a kid being like, why huh. is it there? How did that get there? It's only on the day by day. Like no. Oh, on a projector of all things. <laughs> I had one of these done at a long, long time ago at an amusement park. I can't remember what the guy was putting. The... See, there's there's the car up in the top of the school. There. Right, yeah. If you didn't see that go in the school, that would have been confusing. Yeah, it's like, why is that there? See the circular pattern on those fields? That's from central pivot irrigation. Wow. Now let's see what's happening. <laughs> I love that Homer's amazed by that. Like he has any idea what yeah. he, the, the pilot's talking about. Sorry. 
So, Carmen, when you went to the studios, what were some of the things that I guess kind of stuck out in your mind that that, that you saw or got to experience? I loved, like, we were able to see what Alf Clausen was doing with the music. Wow. Because, you know, these episodes take months and months and months and months from, you know, that first idea and first script. But um, for the music, it was basically a week. Like the episode would come in animated and everything. And Alf had a week to create the music and pick the other songs and then have the orchestra rec- record and everything. So did, did you get to see the, was it just him or the entire orchestra there? I got to see uh, the entire orchestra as he That's was so leading cool. it. It was really, really cool. That is pretty um, neat. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful. I got to see uh, Brian Cranston do his uh, episode. I got to the when they were recording the voices for that one. No way! In the Spy Who Shagged Me. <laughs> Love that movie. The guy, the sorry, the spy who learned me was the episode. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yep. I do love when they randomly insert Grandpa. Like he, yeah. Like why is he there? And then just. I know he's to... it's he's often there. Uh, yes. <laughs> this episode was breaking ground, and I hope they do. I know I haven't watched many of the new episodes, but now with social media, I feel like. It's so much easier to feel like you're not good enough or attractive mm-hmm. enough with all the, you know, Photoshop and all that jazz. What happened to that little girl? She's just, she's gone into the mystery spot with Ozzy Smith. Oh, it's so greasy. The cigarette company is, uh, which I'm assuming either did happen or I guess you can't do that anymore. But I'm assuming this has happened in the past. Well, David Sedaris said when he was a young man, they took school field trips to the local tobacco factory and they'd send every kid home with a packet to give their parents. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because you know all these... (laughs) Well, we all grew up where you went to a restaurant and was like, do you want smoking or non-smoking? True. Yeah, I I forget about those days, man. Do you want to be where the wall's yellow or not yellow? <laughs> hey, Barney, will you give me 250 bucks for this blimp ticket? Sure! <gasps> I love when Barney was his random amounts of cash. I'm some scientist. Since I stopped testing on animals, a guy like me can really clean up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like the bat from Fern Gully. Anyways. Was an ugly duckling. So you think I'm ugly? No. You're right, Carol. Like parents yeah, make mistakes here. She's trying. She's, she's trying her best. <laughs> no, you're one of the ducks that makes fun of the ugly. Was your second wish to be entered in the Little Miss Springfield pageant? What are you talking about? I sent in an application for you. I couldn't find a big enough photo, so I sent in that funny drawing of you on roller skates. How could you? I won't do it! <laughs> they did it. The animators did a really good job, too, with, like, making Lisa look weird. Because, like, it doesn't look like Lisa, but it would be something that, if you saw, would probably destroy your self-confidence a bit. Nobody's prettier than my little girl. Bart's been watching a lot of early Looney Tunes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, if I could gouge out somebody else's eyes and shove them into my sockets, I would. But to me, she's beautiful. That is so sweet. So sweet. It is very sincere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know how your father got the money to enter you in this pageant? You weren't getting stories like this anywhere else. Yeah. No. Like that really is like Homer trying his best. Like he enters yeah. Lisa in a pageant, and what he had to sacrifice for that to happen. Look, look at his dreamies. Oh, uh, I just want to add that Nick ate a pickled donut. No, it was a fritter. Dill pickle. Oh, fritter. sorry, a dill pickle fritter, which sounds disgusting to me, but you said it was great, didn't you, Nick? It was delicious, unbelievably delicious. I couldn't believe it. Same week she was Pork Princess, 
and little Miss Kosher. She's beautiful. <laughs> Wait, she's about to bring out the big guns. Eyelash implants. I thought those were illegal. Not in Paraguay. There's no way I can beat this girl. She's the Jack Nicholas of the pageant circuit. Oh, I don't know that she's as attractive as Jack Nicholas. <laughs> I love that comparison. <laughs> This afternoon. Wait, wasn't she just drinking wine? Taping your swimsuit to your yeah. Indeed, yeah. Is that morning wine? I never realized that, yeah. Ancient art of padding. That is a good look. That's a good. Yeah, like, why would Bart know about that? <laughs> also, why is the guy who appears to be Native American? Why does he have a French accent? The hairdo montage is good. Boy, when Lisa comes in, I want you to make a big fuss over how she looks. She'll see through me like Grandma's underpants. No, she won't. When it comes to compliments, women are ravenous, blood-sucking monsters, always wanting more, more, more. And if you give it to him, you'll get plenty back in return. Like what? I'll tell you when you're older. Cancelled. Nice misdirection. <laughs> Is that Lisa? Ooh, I gotta call heaven. There's an angel missing. And who's your little school friend? Wait a minute. That's Mom! Oh, oh my goodness, how I know two fellows who are gonna Um for any guys listening out here, don't don't <laughs> act like this. It's it's <laughs> nobody you should just be genuine. Yeah, yeah, don't don't do that. Hey brushhead, you've been nursing that thing for an hour. You know, I was just wondering how someone who works at an ice cream store keeps such a trim figure. I've misjudged you. I've never had those comically big Sundays before that they always have on the menus. Also, what was the yellow stuff in it? Not step, pause, turn, pause, pivot, step, pause. My wife used to dance, and I always say this. I always said I said this to her a lot when we started dating first, and she's like, "That's actually not that inaccurate." Yeah. I love that they're in con including Maggie. Yes. Because she was really big, and like Shane and I went back and. In our season recaps, we have watched some of the Elman shorts, and like she was a pivotal character. And she's she's kind of gone down the pecking order here. Do you really think I can win? Hey, I'm starting. Is that actually how you walk in heels? Is that is is it is like is that the the, the, the stepping like the heel toe is Bart right? I I don't think about it consciously. <laughs> it's just it's just something you do. I can confirm that like that is how I walk in heels. <laughs> We're now rat free. <laughs> now, when you were in it in the pageant, did you was there like a, a song that you had to memorize? They, like? I don't remember them having us do that, but we did have to do the every girl comes to the thing and um, introduces themselves. And you're supposed to thank like your sponsors, the people who um help put up the entrance fee money but most of the girls instead just spent like their whole time thanking god gotcha i definitely did not get the Mac macarthur park joke when i when i was mm -mm. younger i definitely went right over the head and no idea what that yeah. was Crusty. about time you got here yeah yeah what is this the uh, republican fundraiser <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand this joke at all when I was. I didn't. I used to sing this all the time. At, uh, yeah, randomly. same. Oh, I did not get it. That just kept going, huh? And now. Lisa <laughs> They'll love you just as much as I do. Thanks, Dad. Oh, the jelly, yeah. 
basically the same mentality as my hound dogs. It's just so gross. <laughs> they they ate a bunch yeah. of they ate one of the um, you know like the uh, uh, Aquaphor Vaseline stuff you put on your lips to help with like they ate a whole thing of that once. Loved it, absolutely loved it. Her setup to this song when she's talking about how it's uncool and real Melvin not to love your country. I'm like, is she from the 1950s? Yeah, yeah, she. Yeah, you're such a Melvin. This is right about the time here where Krusty starts transitioning into just random local TV host to like kind of scumbaggy CD guy who doesn't care about him. He is the local celebrity. He is. And then sometimes he's national celebrity. Don't say it'll never happen because we all remember that thing with what's her name? Click, click. You know. Okay, the runner up is. Yeah, another thing as a kid you don't really get. Yeah. Nice cutaway to Homer still eating the jelly. I know, he missed the whole performance. The whole thing. Hug the loser. Oh. Oh, don't worry. She's going to get hers. I love his song so it's much. It's so good. <laughs> For her to <laughs> Dan sounds like Castellaneta sounds like he's having a real hard time. Oh, the wasting food segment. He just. <laughs> but Dan, he really does sound like he's having a hard time when he has to sing his crusty. That must be absolute hell on the throat. wonderful little news segment there they packed so much into that you had a hindenburg reference you had i'm guessing the shop was kind of like the, uh, the ikea the severe tire damage the wasting food a lot of stuff packed in there get jfk jeez a lot of history packed in or not jfk lennon johnson yeah crown's still fresh <laughs> Just kidding. Here you go. <laughs> Just kidding. I deserve that. <laughs> that doesn't look like her body. Torso used to be Dr. Ruth. Uh, her head is on a pike in a chamber of horrors. <laughs> the Ronald Reagan and Mr. T. <laughs> Chewing gum walk. Very wriggly. As little See, he wouldn't be smart enough to say that today. No, not a chance. <laughs> no. Uh, actually, they're being deported. <laughs> then, like Jeez. the 1890s. <laughs> but why you would send her there to see them off? I know, to say goodbye. <laughs> That Mayor Quinby. He's some golfer. His golf ball spends more time underwater than Greg Luganus. <laughs> and now I want to show you what you're fighting for if there was a war on. Little Miss Springfield. <laughs> Apparently, Bob Hope was a, like, a pretty good sport about doing this. He actually liked it quite a bit. First Tony Randall cancels now this. That guy's snake's voice. So that's like, yeah, yeah it's that's a nice basically snake. Yeah. <laughs> hey, set me down at that boat show. We think you're the perfect spokesmodel for Laramie's. It's part of our new campaign. Mmm, classy. Oh, oh that's so bad. Really bad. It's been an unlucky year for Laramie. A lot of the people who smoke our product have been, well, dying. 
I think the spokes guy is one of the few people who wears a wedding ring. And we're thinking of retiring menthol. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. Me. Yeah, menthol moose. <laughs> the best part is when he hawks the loogie. Yeah. That's true, though. It's, I wonder why they, they went through the um, effort to put Larson's rings on his hands. It's kind of different. You can't actually do this, right? Like, this is illegal? Like, you can't just huck cigarettes out on a bread float? I don't know. Definitely I, it's now. the sounds <laughs> and nerds fumbled in football <laughs> oh it's so good we uh we up here in, in canada college football is nowhere near as big as it is uh in the in the u.s is, is it no is it uh like, like how big if you had to summarize it how big is college football uh, it's crazy big, but it depends on where you are. Like, right. uh, when I taught the Simpsons the, at first, it was at Florida State University, and it was a huge deal. Uh, most of my students told me they decided to go to that school because they were fans of the football team. Right. Um, and there, and, yeah, there and then is. when I came to Davis and I told my students that I was leaving to go to Davis, they're like, do they even have a football team? Wow. And I was like, you know, I don't know, and that's part of the appeal. A little bit, right? <laughs> um, the uh, the goat drinking the milk. Yeah, that is that there back. it is. That is my favorite cutaway. That is my favorite. That might be. I don't know of one of when it comes to misdirections that beats that. I don't know how they came up with that. Who came up with the cutaway? <laughs> Being a stock footage of a goat drinking from a bottle, but I absolutely. And then they. <laughs> and now again. <laughs> oh, I, I laughed so hard when I first saw that uh, as a kid. Um, <laughs> so how? How did they. <laughs> Call the weekend guy. I don't care. Yeah, it's, 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 oh, it still gets me to this day. Absolutely fantastic. That was a uh, absolutely wonderful episode. It wrapped up a little bit. Quicker than wholesome, I remember. I would say, yeah. yeah, it's very wholesome. No, that went by really fast. It did, yeah. It it, it always seems to when you're watching it uh, with with friends and, and enjoying the jokes and talking about it as we've discovered on this series. But that was a absolutely fantastic episode. The flow was great. The overall storytelling was great. The way in which Lisa becomes Little Miss Springfield and then mm -hmm. how she loses it because of Homer's idiocy also very great. Um, Overall, a fantastic episode. So many little jokes in there, too, and many that I'd forgotten about. I'm going to bump it up a little bit. I will start with a 9.2. Uh, I am going to go with a 9.3. Um, very, very good. Uh, the story, like, it just felt... The last two episodes have been bang on. The flow has been absolutely perfect, and it really feels like this is the start of the, the, the golden age. Like, they're so in the groove. It's mm -hmm. almost formulaic, but in a good way. Um, Shane, you, uh, also started with, uh, a nine. Uh, what are you going with as your final rating? I'm going to bump it up to a 9.1. Great episode. Uh, a lot of gags, uh, as everyone said, story just kind of flew by and it was all interconnected and it was well-written and yeah. 9 .1. Yeah. It kept you in the zone there. Carmen, you also like Shane started with a nine. Yeah. What's going to be your final score? Well, I think uh, 9.2, which, I mean, coincidentally, this came out in 92, so that's perfect. Um, but no, it was better than I remembered. And just watching it again, I, I wish there were a way to go back in time to the writer's room because I want to see what the pitches were for, like, what events should we have her go to? You know, <laughs> things like that. Right, <laughs> and, right. And, and how do you settle on 
it's gonna be <laughs> this you know place installing their you know car tire thingy you know, strip <laughs> right <laughs> and, and, other places got turned down <laughs> just so that it could be there exactly right like um like to see a list of maybe 10 they had like discount furniture mm-hmm. department store or something right. like that so whatever it be or even how did they come up with like you said earlier how did they like why was lisa seeing people off that were being deported who looked like they were from the 1880s how did they or and and i would love to go back and just say who came up with the goat drinking from the bottle and not only to do it once but then to go from that to a supposed interview with pope john paul my exclusive interview exclusive interview with pope john paul ii and it goes back to the to the goat drink oh it's so good i i would have loved to be uh there as uh, well. call the weekend guy i don't care yeah that 100 percent. that's my gag um uh of the episode there i i like i said before it's one of my favorite misdirects of all time and i'm a sucker for the misdirect um, the fact that they did it twice and pulled it off within a short span of like 30 seconds um absolutely love it i love it just as much as i did when i first saw it when i was who knows maybe seven or eight probably when i first started watching this after school so it's it still gets me. That is my favorite gag. Karma, what's your favorite gag for this one? Oh, it's There's still a lot the nerds. It's the nerds. It's the nerds going after the football players and the football players running, and then the nerds' noises. The noises is what make it. The, the, yeah, the, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the, the nasally kind of nerds are making is amazing. And then just to get the little wrap up of how that ended, of course, in a in the most predictable way that they got punished, you know, and just, it's, it's so beautifully done. It is very, and also yeah. the idea that the nerds wouldn't know that funds were being diverted to football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like they're completely, it's just oblivious to them. It's completely outside of their mind. It's also, yeah, good point. Uh, and Shane, um, what are you going with for your, your favorite? Kind of anticlimactic, but I'm going with the nerds as well. That was my favorite gag of the whole whole episode. It's good. This is great. It really is. Like, I'm a huge fan of Revenge of the Nerds as well. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. True, indeed. Yeah, you were a big Revenge of the Nerds fan. So, uh, back to back in this in this little chunk when we released two episodes, we had Homer the Heretic uh, bumped up our scores from our 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 pre rating and our memory and our nostalgia. And same thing happens here with Lisa the Beauty Queen. I wonder if that's going to be a continuing trend. Uh, through season four, my my gut instinct says it probably is. Uh, and then we have Trios of Horror 3 coming up next, which might be uh, the greatest Treehouse of Horror of might all time. Might be a 10 out of 10 for me. We'll see. Exactly. If you had to pick a, just off the top of your head, if, what would be your favorite Trios of Horror? Oh, me? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the... I don't remember which number it is, but it's the one where Willie gets an axe in the back in each one. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, <With the> shining <laughs> <one>. yeah. Time <laughs> and punishment and the <laughs> homeowner, I can get you back to your he's about to say he gets the axe in the back from Maggie. <laughs> I think that's six, and I believe that won our uh listener poll for um the best treehouse of horror the, the listeners favorite in a, in, a, in a poll that we did back mm-hmm. in the fall of 2022 but yes that is a fantastic one and trios of horror 3 will be great as well but you know what's also great it's when mr shane lynch does plug time i'll make it short and sweet follow us on twitter simpsons underscore eb we do all sorts of polls and interacting with fans there if you want to get in touch with us that's the best way so twitter simpsons underscore eb a lot of you listening to us on spotify but Whichever platform you're listening to us on, if you could follow us and rate us, that helps out the show. And if you want to throw a couple bucks, Nick and mine way, uh, we're actually thinking of joining a pageant ourselves. We need the fundraisers for eyelash implants. So if uh, you could click the link under the description called Buy Me a Coffee, we can get right on that. Yeah, I don't know if I'll spend my money on eyelash implants. Maybe we will get oh, some, lost. Some, some triceps beef. Maybe maybe beef those up a bit. To, uh, to kind of counteract the biceps. I think that would put me over the top for that one. But most of all for this episode, we have to thank our, our special guests, Dr. Walton and Karma. Thank you so much for, for joining. Thank you very and much. If, if anyone is, is, is interested in, in picking up a, a copy of either of the books, where would be the best way to find those? 
They're online at all the major uh, outlets. If you wanted them straight from the publisher, it's McFarland's. But, you know, all of the... Even the evil places like Amazon have them. Um, I, and, I, and I say that as someone who buys from Amazon and just hates myself a little every time. But. <laughs> oh, that's, we all do. We all yeah. do. Um, but no, those books are there. And if anybody wants to find me, um, you know, just Googling Karma and University of California Davis finds me. I'm also the only Karma Waltman in the entire world. Really? Like there's wow. no one else who comes up with my name. Um, and I guess an obscure Finnish last name and then, a, you know, hippie Buddhist name that I got from uh, my dad. So those two things in concert, it's very easy to find me through the various social medias and stuff. See, had my dad gone with his somewhat quasi hippie name of Storm, I probably would have been the only Storm Konarowski in the yeah. world, but I'm assuming there's somebody in Poland eating borscht right now who has the exact same name as me. My wife just got home. The hound dogs are going to go crazy in about five seconds, but uh, we had a pleasure uh, having you on. We'd love to have you back uh, anytime in the future. You. Name an episode, and and we'd love to have you back. We love your insight and your passion for the Simpsons. Absolutely. And how we do it right to share our love. This is great. Thank of you. Of the show, uh, you're very welcome. And, and yes, go check out those books. Like. Um, like Karma said, on the fine, fine retailer that is Amazon. No, I'm just kidding. Anywhere, anywhere you can get them. Um, Shane, for uh, for my challenge for you for this episode, I'm going to say um, play us out with a song that you or I would walk out to if we were on the runway for a, for a pageant. What would be our runway song? Play us out that way, and we will catch you next time for Treehouse of Horror 3. Bye for now. You're one in a million. Can't fall for everyone you